the most important word for me always is authenticity. You gotta be authentic. The greatest performances you've ever seen by actors are great because they're authentic, because they're real. The mistake we sometimes make, Benjamin, is that we forget that authenticity requires intentionality. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with... Benj Miller. And uh, hey, Tractionville, I have been chasing this cat down for two years. He's elusive. You never know where he's going to be because he's that busy. But I met our guest two years ago when he gave a, a keynote at our EOS conference. And for those of you that were there, you know I'm talking about the fantabulous Michael Olasso. Michael, welcome to Tractionville. Well, I try to do my best. You know I always will. My feet are firmly on the ground because I'm in Tractionville. Hey, Ben and Chris, I hope your folks can inspire us how we can get through this darn coronavirus. All right, so that should give everybody a hint, a little hint about Michael's background. And I'm not going to necessarily go all the way back, but here's what I'll tell you about Michael. And I'm so open and honest, we all preach that in EOS world. Um, and uh, I got a man crush, man. When I, when, I, when I saw this guy come dancing in down the, the, the center of our group, and he jumped up on stage, um, it was so much fun, so exciting. And here's the cool thing that Michael's done that I really am excited to talk about him today is, is Michael's been able to take his background in show business and bring it together with business, like entrepreneurial business. And what he's done is he's created this unique experience around self-awareness, and we're going to go into that today amongst a bunch of other stuff that I probably don't know because I don't know where Michael's going to take us, but, but buckle up, everybody, because it's going to be a great ride. Having said all that, how you doing, Michael? Well, after that introduction, Chris, how could anyone feel anything <laughs> but great? Well, and you know what, Chris, you talk about Man Crush. It's like Gino and his tribe. I mean, has such profound respect for Gino, and I, I have not met a single EOS person that I haven't admired and actually loved. I'm going to go so far as to say love. There's so much love underneath such a strategy. And so for me, it's a privilege and an honor to be with you folks in your audience. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, well, we, we, uh, we, we can't wait to have you back, to be honest with you. That's a little selfish on my <laughs> part, but uh, I'll, I'll do what I can um, to do the plug. But let's talk about what's relevant like right now. Um, Tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about this, this experience you've created and how you're helping businesses. Zoom fatigue. Have you guys been hearing that cliche over and over again? People are slamming me with it. Because you know, think about it, Chris. Uh, Friday the 13th of March, I drove up here to the coast of Maine from suburban Boston because I had a keynote canceled that day that I was supposed to do in New Hampshire. And that was my first cancellation. That weekend, I got nine cancellations or keynotes within the first 72 hours, 
which for me as a small business owner, that wipes out a huge percentage of my annual income. And so right away, you know, your, your knee-jerk impulse is, oh, woe is me. But George W. Bush said, no one wants to hear the president say, oh, woe is me. And he's right. And so after I felt sorry for myself for about 45 minutes, I said, okay, what are you going to do? Let's get to work. And for me, it's always about honoring the audience. What does the audience need? What can I do? And how do I challenge myself to turn an obstacle into an opportunity? And so I created this thing. I've done 111 of them since the lockdown, not counting my one-on-ones, where my objective was to get people to a higher level of excellence via communication virtually. So what, what's been driving me, Chris, my passion has been threefold. One, how to get people to show up so they're stunning and excellent, if anything more excellent than where they are in person. Two, how they make other people drink that Kool-Aid, catch that disease, so they go out and spread the good news. And then three, more pragmatically, all my, my life I've been teaching people to be great theater actors. Well, now we all got to be great film TV actors. And what are the techniques and tools I need to do to get there? Mm, that's amazing. You could have you could have just wallowed in it and checked out, but instead you there there was magic in there. You realized that um, this was a moment where the business community needed to learn all of these skills that you've trained on, and I'm sure some of them come naturally to you uh, and turned what the world's needs into your focus. That's that's. So amazing. I, I have a burning question. So this may be a right hand turn. But uh, Michael, when you decide that you're going to come dance down the aisle for a keynote or break into song when you jump into a Tractionville podcast, is that a risk for you every time that you decide to take? Or do you just like, are you so far in the I don't give a shit camp that you just go with it? Like, what is it like? Because there's a piece of you that's just so inspiring you seem like you're just free to not care what the world may think. Where does that come from? Benjamin, did you ever see the musical Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim? No. It's about the fairy tale characters. In Act One, all the fairy, you meet all the fairy tale characters. And Little Red Riding Hood sings a song about going to grandmother's house where she, when she meets the wolf. And she has this lyric where she says, I was excited and scared. Very early on in my life, I figured out that if I wasn't scared about something, that it wasn't worth doing. Yes. Why bother do it? Doing it, you know, I live for that energy. So 99% of what I do, Benjamin's intentional. I think about it, what's the impact? And there is that 1% where I'm not. And I intentionally decide how can I be a distinct voice in God's universe? What is my song that's gonna be different from me? And what's going to make my heart go boom, And Benjamin, I know what it's not. It's not for me to say, thank you, Chris, for that nice introduction. It's certainly a pleasure to be here today. <laughs> I throw up when I say that. I mean, I, I start to have gags here, gag reflex. And when other people do it, I doze off. And then when other people do that on virtual, I'm gone. My iPhone's in my hand, I'm looking out the window, I'm playing with my dog, because you can't tell what I'm doing from the, the chest down. Yeah. Get my point, Benjamin? So Absolutely. I hope I understood your, your question, which I don't think was a right angle at all. I think it's right on the money, brother. 
Yeah, I think it leads into a lot of the, like, you you seem to have just a giant level of self-awareness, and that's one of the things that you're known for coaching people on as well, correct? Yes, sir. What's your approach there? What What are the keys? Remember that I started pretty much as a casting director. So think about it, Benjamin. You know, you and Chris walk into my audition room. I've got about 60 to 90 seconds to decide how I'm going to maximize the two of you. It's kind of like being a pimp. If you want to be really disgusting about it, it's kind of the nice side of being a pimp. That's what a casting director is. How can I make a buck with Benjamin and Chris? And so you develop a skill. And people say to me, you know, well, how did you develop that? You got to be born with that. My background, Benjamin, neither, neither of my parents graduated from high school. My grandparents were all born in Italy, all immigrants. My, both my parents had older siblings born in Italy. They were born here, blue collar, and my dad was a firefighter. I'm the middle of three boys. And so think about it, Benjamin. I'm a little kid, and I'm skinny and shy, and I'm watching I Love Lucy, and my older brother, who's a four-sport superstar, comes in with all his buddies, my dad with his firefighter buddies, and they kind of kick me and look at me. So what am I doing? I'm observing behavior. I'm looking at everything. Fast forward to I'm a director in the small professional theater in my 20s. You got 13 rehearsals, Benjamin, to make a play. On the 14th rehearsal, there's an audience who paid money to see you. And you can't stand on the stage and say, I'm sorry, I don't really, I haven't figured out my self-awareness yet, what my strengths are in developing people. You gotta be ready to go. Flash forward to now where I'm working with executives and every day someone says something to me that makes me cry, that says, the fact that you noticed me made all the difference in the world. Benjamin, uh, I give notes to everybody every day And very recently, I gave this note to a drop-dead, gorgeous, brilliant young woman who is vice president in a company. I mean, she was superstar gifted. And my comment to her was, you have a ton of presence. I see in you, I want you to be aware of the presence that you create. And I, I watched her react and I said, I don't know if I offended her or what happened. Something happened there. At the end of the meeting, she came up to me, tears in her eyes, and she said to me, all I've ever wanted in my life was to have presence. No one has ever told me before that I have presence. And you know, like I, you can tell I'm welling up now as I tell you this story, I'm such a mush. But it's, it's so emblematic, Benjamin, of what we're talking about. People have no idea how they're coming across. And I didn't know this. I, I'm finding this out every day, that I tell a brilliantly gorgeous, smart, um, well-dressed, uh, in shape, generous, warm, magnanimous, um, challenging, intuitive human being that she has presence. No one's ever told it to her before, and she really wasn't sure she had it until I told her. Today's episode is sponsored by 90.io. N-I-N-E-T-Y dot I-O. 90 is a cloud-based collection of the essential business building and awareness tools you need to make running EOS easy. 
The clean and extraordinarily intuitive system includes every one of the tools you need to not only run EOS, but cascade it down and throughout your company. EOS is great, but implementing it throughout your organization can overwhelm even the best of us. Our friends at 90 are obsessed with making sure that every one of the EOS tools is simple to find, simple to use, and captures all the data your team needs to hit, an average of 90% of the rocks, measurables, and to-dos. For more information, you can visit www.90.io. Um, as soon as you said that you give notes to every, like, I assume you meant you give notes through the, through those 13 rehearsals, you give feedback to each person. Is that what, do I understand that correctly? Oh, baby. So you, I'm just thinking, <laughs> what if, what if we had that mentality as you know, we have this term in, in EOS LMA, lead, manage, and hold accountable. But if we had that as part of our DNA thinking on how we were going to truly lead people like if you only got to work with the person that came in on day one, you'd have a much different play, but you see yourself not just as the director, but as the almost conductor, the orchestrator. And I'm going to turn this potential into this on day 14. So you've got a rigor and intentionality that forces you to bring out the best in that person really, really quickly. You understood that better than any person I've ever told things like that too. So clearly what your strength is, is that you really listen to a human being, Benjamin, and then you take that data into your mind, into your soul, and you're able to process a remark that has more profundity than most people say in a whole year. So to me, that, that and see, that's what I live for, to discover that about you. What I call it, Benjamin and Chris, is gathering beauty. So what I think great leaders do, great parents do, great life partners do, is we go out in the world, we gather beauty, and then we report the beauty that we see. Wow. And I live for that. Because Benjamin, why I was blown away by what you said, when you do that, you are charting the course for a person's success. Because it all goes back to self-awareness. Because a lot of CEOs don't do what I just said because they say, Benjamin knows he's smart and intuitive. I don't need to tell him that. I need to tell him to work on his haircut. It's way too radical for our business environment. I need to tell him that he was late yesterday, and I need to tell him that he uses too many filler words. Really? So what we forget sometimes is people learn and grow every bit as much by being very specific about what they do excellently as what we tell them with love about where they need to get better. Call it strategic, call it a plan, call it an outline. Yeah, it's, it's why I love your question, Benjamin, I'm so provoked by it, is that the word manipulation has so many pejorative connotations. But if you think of it with a small M, you know, like Maeve, who's a very important person in my life, she's four years old. You know, she's already liking sweets and things like that more. So if I have the opportunity to dine with her, I'll put a vegetable on a spoon and I'll go, and then I'll say to her, open wide for chunky. And maybe will open her mouth and I'll dump a spinach thing into her mouth. Well, guess what I just did? I manipulated Maeve to eat spinach, to eat her vegetable. Similarly, if we, if we take away the pejorative associations where people abuse manipulation, what a director does is crafts a chart, crafts a way where a person can achieve success. 
And that's why I'm still like reeling from the incredible perspicacity of your remark, your analysis of what I do. It's great. Thank you. I've got a follow-up question for you. How do you then turn the self aware? It better be as good as the, the other one. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> uh, but how do you how do you turn? And maybe the answer is you don't. But how do you turn the self awareness into self assurance? Love, love. Too many people give feedback to try to be confrontational. And I remember when I was in graduate school, one of the first plays I directed, I cast this actor who was a first year grad actor. And at the end of the first rehearsal, Benjamin, he came up to me and he said, uh, your style of directing isn't gonna work. And I said, okay, Tony, I'm open, help me. What am I doing wrong? He said, well, you're just too nice. He said, when my dad wanted me to do something, he humiliated me. He made me feel small and that helped me to be better. And so Benjamin, what I said to Tony is I said, well, you got two choices, Tony. Either you're gonna adapt to my style of directing or I'm gonna find myself another actor. So it's love is what makes the difference. And, and you can say that's cheesy, but it's a difference between being confrontational and carefrontational. I tell you things I wanna work you to work on because I love you. And am I always successful, Benjamin and Chris? Nope. Yesterday, I had a group in Louisville, Kentucky, and a guy, all I did was give him love. It was like it was an hour and 20 minutes of love where I told him a million things that he did. And, and most of them were about how brilliant and how much presence he had. And some of them was things that he needed to improve. He did not take it in the spirit that it was given. And that happens occasionally. Where, and he said to me, oh, I, I'm, you're bullying me. And I was shocked to talk about low, I felt like I had no self-awareness. And so what I said to him was, every feedback that I've given you today is because I love you. I'm trying to make you better, but you just gave me some great feedback. And I promise you, I will give you no more feedback for the rest of this meeting. And that's what I chose to do. And good for him, he stayed and listened. And I moved on because everybody else on the screen was, most of the people I work with are thirsty for feedback. Please see me. Yeah. And so every now and then, one of God's children, and you know, you, get, you can go into their history, their life, and, and you have that guy, and then you have Tony, the graduate student, who says, beat me up. Beat me up. Go. Come on, don't say anything nice to me. And that's why the ask guys become so important. Because I'm not big on, on, oh, Michael, you're wonderful, stroking. No, I like what Chris said. When you danced down that aisle, I knew something was happening. I wanted to yell out to you. That's specific. That helps me understand why Chris thinks I'm excellent. To say, oh, you're a wonderful speaker. No, I, I get why people don't like that. Uh, you know, say, both of you, say what I call it is TSP, truthful, specific, positive feedback. Say just the letters TSP out loud, both of you in unison when I say three, without the S. One, two, three, go. TP. What do you use TP for, brothers? You get my point? And so it's not that I'm knocking TP. We got a whole closet full. We're not hoarders. We just have enough. We have multiple bathrooms. <laughs> and the problem is, Benjamin and Chris, is that I think people, leaders, give TP pretty regularly. I don't think they have to work at that. Little league coaches do it, CEOs do it. TSP 
is what distinguishes you. And so I'm trying to spread the word for people to give TSP, especially during this intersection of COVID Black Lives Matter. People need to be seen. People know, they, they need to know that they're being valued. And if you're not offering that through the screen, you're being recalcitrant in your duties. I can't get a, a boost from my buddy at the coffee machine. I'm not having lunch with the gang. You communicate with me on that screen. I need, I need you to see me, to hear me. You know, it makes me think of a book, um, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And, and in her book, you, you're using the, you know, the words love. And, and really, as, as I know you, you genuinely care. And, and Kim Scott talks about that for leaders and managers, right? Number one, you genuinely have to care for your people, regardless of political, religious, color, anything. You genuinely have to care about them. And if, when, you, when you genuinely care, then that's an opportunity where you have, you know, open and honest, vulner, vulnerability-based trust, where I can talk candidly about whatever it is, right? But it's rooted in caring. Right on the money. Well, and I love her book. Uh, Radical Candor is yeah. a great book. And, that, and Chris, that's often a question I get because a lot, a lot of people mishear what I'm saying. And so they'll raise their hand pretty quickly and say, well, what if you have something that's not positive to say? And first of all, I don't see, I don't label it as not positive. If I tell you, 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 you speak too softly on Zoom because I, and that makes it difficult for me to hear you, that the microphone is not that powerful, that's not negative, that's positive. I wanna hear your voice. I want your voice to resound. Your voice is important to me. And so it's, she's got it right. I love her book and it's right on the money. You, and I ask people the trick question, Chris, do I love you more when I tell you things that you're wonderful at or when I tell you things you need to get better at? You know, and usually people will fall into the trap and say one or the other. And of course it's both. I really love you, maybe both. The, where I think people make mistakes, guys, is in the sequencing. See, most of the client base I meet with are very good at TP. So they'll say, Benjamin, you've done a great job, but I do need you to get documents in on time and the format you used on this one was not appropriate and you broke three safety hazards last month and you were late four times. And all in all, you've, you're a wonderful guy and we love working with you. you know, and so, they're very good at that because somebody taught them that in some business program. Right. You start with something good, tell them the junk, then you start with something, then you end with something good. Which I, it's not that I'm opposed to that formula per se for evaluations, but if you do that day to day to day, you have no authenticity for the good things. And what I find is it gives people excuses for making the good things generic and digging very deeply into specificity with the things where I need to get better. Michael, you so generously uh, invited Tractionville. I'm going to pass this on to an event you're doing on September 22nd, and we'll put it in the show notes. You on your best Zoom day. And I don't want you to give away all the goods, but you mentioned it up front just about how we get the opportunity to be uh, television actors in the time of COVID. Can you give us a, a little taste of that as we uh, almost in, in prep for that? What are we in for? On March 13th, when I started feeling sorry for myself and said, I'll never make a living again, I can't show up. What I decided to do was spend more money. 
<laughs> you know, I, I didn't want my assistant to starve. You know, she's expecting her second child. She counts on a paycheck. So I actually wanted, tried to figure a way to increase her hours. And that's when I hired Wendy Gilbert, my social media guru, my, my everything other person. So I have these three incredible people in my life, my wife who does everything, Sarah, who's my work wife, and now Wendy, who's now trying to get the word out to the, to the world. And so uh, Wendy, uh, when I spent the money on that, uh, Wendy has been creatively coming up with ways to get the word out so that we touch more people, because that's what matters to me, to touch as many people as possible. So it's her brilliant idea that on September 22nd at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we, do, we find a population of people who have never heard me before. And people who want a little shot of B12 who've heard me before, but want to sit for an hour and get a little something. And so what I'm doing is my present to the world because I'm so happy to be alive and that I made it through the summer and I invented this thing and it's a great way to start autumn because we don't know what's gonna happen this autumn. Is COVID gonna rise? Is there going to be another death that we more, we don't know what's going to happen. And so maybe that timing is the time for me to give a gift to people who want to pop on of how they can be their best virtual self. So you are in your best Zoom day, you are in your best virtual day, whatever you want to call it. And so the sneak preview, Benjamin, is it goes to what we've been alluding to the whole time. No longer theater actor, film actor which not only film actor, set designer, lighting designer, costume designer, sound designer, body language expert, camera lover. Whoa, wait a minute. This wasn't in any of my training. This is all new ground. So it's a little peek into that, Benjamin. Benjamin, did I understand your question or did I go off on, on my Totally, computer? totally. And I'm going to be there. All right, Mike, Michael, you are, and I know you know this, but you are magnetic. And for Tractionville uh, listeners out there, for the companies that have teams of people and they want a piece of you, where do they find you? And what do you, you interact so brilliantly with these organizations? Tell us the ways that, that they can reach out to interact with. My website is at michaelolosso.com, A-L-L-O-S-S-O, one word, obviously, check it out what wendy did it'll give you a, a real sense of who i am and what i'm about because wendy gets me she's known me for decades and she just did an absolutely brilliant job with that and that's a way to find out how to connect with me and benjamin what i do it's it's really in three categories it's one-on-ones so i coach people one-on-one -on -one. and that has it ironically benjamin that has not changed dramatically because of COVID, I often did one-on-ones virtually. That, that pretty much stayed the same with the exception of companies who suddenly had no more money. So there are people who formerly did one-on-ones and they couldn't do them anymore. And often I did my first one-on-one -on -one with somebody in person and then we built virtually. That was taken away. That's one third. The other third is workshops. So when I do a workshop, Benjamin, I ask the, the CEO, whoever hires me, the HR director, What's your objective? What do you want? Tell me what you want. An objective doesn't mean go. It's not intellectual things. It means what do you want your people to do at the end of my workshop? Then I customize the workshop, always to heighten the self-awareness of the people in the room, to 
to heighten their communications, verbal and nonverbal, to heighten their leadership, their ability to motivate others. And so those are workshops. And then the third category, which you guys are seeing me do, is keynotes. All right, Alasso, you got an hour. Dazzle, brother. You got a big room full of people. Do your show. And you see again how it all comes back to this perfect storm of gifts that God gave me. And I'm this actor, director, choreographer guy and this business leader guy. So you put them in the cauldron and out comes me, which I'm proud to say is I'm the one and only. You know, the biggest insult, Benjamin, is when people say to me, we had a speaker like you and I just stop, do not go any further. The sentence is over. You've grossly insulted me. What? I was about to give you a compliment. Awareness, self-awareness. So always, Benjamin, in these three categories, the theme is self-awareness. How can you show up? And why I title it you on your best day is that the most important word for me always is authenticity. You gotta be authentic. The greatest performances you've ever seen by actors are great because they're authentic, because they're real. The mistake we sometimes make, Benjamin, is that we forget that authenticity requires intentionality. And so do you ever hear somebody say, well, I'm just being myself. And they're snotty, rude, arrogant. Really, that's how you define yourself? No, if you tell me your life partner is the most important person in your life, at the end of the workday, you walk in the door and you're on your iPhone doing a, a, a business call, you continue the business call, open your snail mail, finish the call, check your emails, get a snack, and then 45 minutes later, go seek out your life partner and see how their day has been. I'm gonna tell you either you're lying or you must choose with intentionality the behavior that connotes an authentic person. So that's the umbrella theme in the one-on-ones, in the, the workshops, and in the, the big uh, keynotes. Sometimes, Benjamin, people wanna work on creating speeches. So right now I have a client where they want me to work on creating videos. All of their, their people have to turn out a 20 minute video to instruct, instructional videos. So I'm directing them and coaching them. In the most ideal climate, I coach the human being first because otherwise you're just putting a Band-Aid on the thing. And so I'm able to do that. I prefer the, so even if they only give me two sessions, I'm gonna work on the person's self-awareness first, and then we'll create this cool beginning, middle, and end. I believe Tractionville has gathered a lot of beauty here today. Thank you so much for the gift of your time and your presence. There definitely has not been another Tractionville guest like you ever. Um, and I do hope that there will be in the future because I think Tractionville is gonna want you back. Um, we will definitely put the uh, info to you on your best Zoom day, as well as your website on the show notes. But the question that we like to ask as we wrap up, wrap up every episode is just give Tractionville, you've got a, a, an audience now in 48 countries around the world. We are entrepreneurs, we are visionaries, we are employers. What's one piece of wisdom or just what's on your heart that you would wanna leave us with today? I heard Michelle Obama say this thing, be grateful for what you have and be ready to share it when the time comes. I just feel this, this COVID, Black Lives Matter, this, this time where we're forced to sit down, reflect, look at things is a gift. And I feel like if you think about it, Benjamin, Chris, the three of us, look 
how much we have. Look how really incredibly blessed we are. Now is the time for us to use our voice. Now is the time for us to sing. Beautiful. Tractionville, the world needs this episode. So do them a favor and share it on social media. Share it directly with a couple friends that you think this could bless. And we will see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday. <laughs>